couple quick logistics live session number four tuesday 12 p.m eastern that's the next one that's all on formatting love that one as well uh submit your q a questions cole and i are going to go through and answer those either on video or we might just do it text-based um the place to put those questions is at the end of the week one curriculum opt in for some partner matching if you haven't done that this week and then continue to share your learnings we're seeing a ton of awesome threads and essays of, of things people are learning so Keep that up, and that's all we got. Badge leaderboard update. If you've collected all nine badges so far, you're in the top 12%. 12% of shippers have collected every badge. Amazing stuff. If you haven't collected every badge, that's okay. We're going to send you a quick get caught up quickly guide uh, where you can find all of them. Or if you're only at one or two, we're going to show you the most valuable ones. And the day seven consistent shipper badge is worth five points so that's going to be able to boost you quite a bit it's going to be worth everything that onboarding week was if you're sticking around still holding to it on day seven uh you'll get five points for that one so we'll roll that out later but for everyone who has all nine badges we'll give you a little the names are a little bit bigger this time so you can see yourself these are in alphabetical order shout out to everyone on these slides uh for being at the top of the leaderboard it's um it it Definitely is a time investment to be on this this board, but everyone here has made friends. They've they're learning that we design the badges to make sure that you get the most valuable parts of the course done. So, shout out to everyone who's nine for nine. Yeah, nine for nine is not easy. It's not easy, but few few will make it to the end of this journey. Hopefully, you will be one of them. And also, I think too, that's everyone. The slides you've got. Uh, you know, you've got all these uh, at your disposal too. So hopefully you can download the file, find your name. There you go. Put it on your, put on your fridge, put it on your fridge. All right. Yeah. We already said this, but Q and a sessions, uh, you can drop your questions deadline to submit. It's going to be an hour after this call ends. Perfect. All right. A couple shout outs. We love doing these, but this, this actually was my favorite shout out uh, this week is the classic. I didn't want to write today, but I did anyway. Um, this is the whole point of it. I, I tell a story a lot that, uh, actually the most viral thing I've ever written on the internet, I've never written anything that's gone more viral than this one thing. So think about that. I've been writing for 10 years and my most viral thing happened seven years ago. And, uh, it was the day that I didn't want to write. I woke up, I was like, no, one's going to care if I write or don't write today. I decided to hit publish and ended up going just bonkers viral. Never wrote anything that's been as viral in that short of time period ever again. So this is the whole point. Get out of, get out of your own way, hit publish, and you never know what's going to happen. This is another great one. You know, we all get sick. Um, we all have things that pop up. We all have life responsibilities. We're always juggling other things. There will always be an excuse not to write. Now, obviously, if you're like completely KO'd and you can't even, you know, get up and walk, walk to your kitchen. Okay. Maybe, maybe take the day and take care of your health first, but there will always be an excuse not to write, you know, laundry, kids, other job, right? There's always an excuse. So if you can, you want to overcome that and just make the time prioritize it. Uh, this is awesome. This is our, the, the reaction that we're hoping for whenever we introduce the endless idea generator, which is I had no idea that I had so much to write about. That's, that's really the thing that we want to point out to people is everyone has a ton to write about. You just need a framework to pour those ideas through. And so we love seeing this. I hope a lot of other people felt the same way after they went through the EIG for the first time. And then now we're starting to get some data. Clint, um, Clint, if you're here, throw, throw something in the, in the chat, but uh, he was in the last cohort, right? Dickie, was it January? No, he's new this cohort. I think he just signed up early, but he's been crushing it. His threads have been going super viral. Oh, yeah. Okay. So see, this is, you start writing, you get some data, you see what works, and then you start doubling down on wherever you're seeing momentum. So love seeing this. Um, sometimes it happens really early in the process. Sometimes it takes a long time, but either way, the process is the same. So nice job. Real quick, here's where we're at on the journey. We got to get through these 10 badges. This is the whole adventure. 
Uh, so far, you've got the future digital writer badge, the digital writer badge, and the idea machine badge. Today, we're going to work on your headline pro badge. So this is all about how to write effective headlines. In all honesty, we could spend four weeks on headlines. Headlines are a whole masterclass. Um, we actually have a much deeper course in the captain's table that is exclusively uh, for headlines. We go all the way down the rabbit hole, walk through tons of examples. Headlines are an art in themselves. So our goal today is to get you to, I know how to write an effective headline. That's our goal, zero to one. And by the end, um, you're going to workshop a headline with uh, a couple other shippers in the breakout room. And then you're going to take that headline and comment it on the replay video. And that's how, how you unlock the badge. So all throughout this, if you have a headline that you were struggling with, um, or if you have something that you're, you know, you don't really know what to do with the idea, make notes of it because a, you're, you know, you're probably going to discover how to improve it throughout this session. B, you'll have the opportunity to workshop it. Uh, in the breakout rooms, and then see afterwards, we encourage you to share that rewrite um, in circle as well. So here's what we're covering today, how to write irresistible headlines. Okay. So the goal is you're going to learn a bunch of proven headline styles. These are, once you see these, you will never read the same way again. You will notice them everywhere. They're always the same. Uh, the second is we're going to share with you the checklist that we use to write effective headlines. We get this question all the time. Does this apply to stories? Does this apply to landing pages? Does this apply to emails? Yes. This is a thinking um, a, a thinking framework. Okay. So once you internalize this, you can apply it to anything. And then at the and then we're going to walk through the twist the knife idea, which is how you keep speaking deeper and deeper to your target reader. You know, how do you tap into their wants, needs, desires, and interests? And then finally, at the end, we're going to cover real quick the, the three biggest pushbacks. Whenever we go through this, it's the same pushbacks every single time. We're going to walk you through what those are and, and kind of how we think about them as well. Yeah, I have a good feeling that we're going to see those pushbacks get dropped in the chat throughout. And so don't worry, we are going to handle them and they're going to just change the way you think about um, writing really good headlines because there's always that little mental friction that once you overcome, you start to just pump out banger headlines time after time, but it takes a little bit of shift in thinking. So we're going to walk through that too. Yeah. So real quick, grab a headline just so that you have some context as we go through this, grab something that you've written in the past week and throw it in the chat. This is your V1. Okay. And What's going to happen is we're going to, let's just, let's just preface. What's going to happen is we're going to walk through these frameworks and you're going to sit there and you're going to look at that headline and you're going to go, oh, and then you're going to look at all your previous seven headlines or your weeks or months of headlines. And you're going to go, oh, and here's the thing. We are not saying go back and change them. We are not saying delete them and you shouldn't feel bad or you shouldn't feel like, oh, I've made some giant mistake. We're going to draw a line in the sand and there's all the headlines you wrote before this session. And there's all the headlines that you will write after this session. And that's the goal. Okay. So nobody go back and delete all of your work. Okay. You want the before and after. Okay. So this is the before. Cool. Check out, check out some of these because, and we should preface this. If we mention one of your headlines and we workshop it, do not, we've made a thousand of these mistakes before. Yeah. We do it out of love. We do it out because we want your headlines to improve. And so there's going to be points in this session where you go, ouch, like we talk directly to something that you've done and that's a good thing. And our goal is to do that in a constructive way. So if we pick on your headline, don't be offended. We're doing it because we know it can be improved. So, you know, creativity and innovation where that's something we're going to be able to workshop by the end. So. A lot Creativity here. and innovation. Perfect. The illusion of sunrise. Um, what else? Avoid the achievers fa fatal flaw. I found my superpower in a Ziploc bag. A lot of these are coming right to some of the things we're going to talk about. So let's not wait any longer. Let's dive right in. Boom. Okay. So the first big idea to share here is that the vast majority of headlines 
all can be reverse engineered into a handful of buckets. Okay. And when we say proven headline styles, what we mean is that they're, think of them like archetypes. There's types of ways to get people's attention that are just, they're never going to change. Okay. We're, we're human beings. We've been captivated by stories since caveman days, right? Or lists, right? If you were in the 1700s, people were still making grocery lists, right? Like these things are never going to change. They're just containers. And so our job is to go, hey, there's a handful of containers here that always work. They're just clean, crisp, simple containers. And your job is to figure out how to put your unique content inside that container. Okay. And that's the easiest place to start. So all great headlines fall into these kind of five buckets. You have lists, you have stories, you have opinions, you have questions, and you have frameworks. Now, obviously there are outliers, you know, the kind of the goal of writing is, Hey, how do I push boundaries? How do I do things that other people haven't done? But in terms of starting, these are the easiest places to start. And you can use these for the next 10 years and you will not feel like they're getting repetitive there. They will always be ripe for more information. Okay. So let's walk through each one, show you some examples and also talk about why they're the same and why they're different. So the list is the one that everyone kind of can immediately recognize, but I tend to notice that people have the most pushback with, you know, like if you say, Hey, put that in a list, everyone goes, well, that's a listicle, right? Okay. Well, I just, just look at some of these headlines here. Okay. 22 people who definitely, definitely, definitely regret literally every decision they made this week. Okay. That is a Buzzfeed listicle. Yeah, totally. And that's what you would expect from that site. Right. But life is up to you. Eight choices that will make your life better by Ryan holiday. But a lot of people read that it's the same exact thing, right? It's the same format. Okay. Or what will our COVID future be like? Here are two signs to look out for. That's a list. And it's a list with two things on it, right? Or the single most damning email exchange in the January 6th committee filing. That's a list, but it's one thing. There's one thing on the list. That's why this one thing is so important. Seven retirement income strategies once your portfolio reaches 500K. That's a list. And it's just saying, hey, once you've got 500K in the bank, here are seven different things that you need to do right? So they're all, it's the same container, but notice we're plugging in completely different types of content, right? We're plugging in an opinion, we're plugging in some strategies, we're plugging in some, you know, here's 22 decisions that people regret, right? You're just changing the content inside the container, but the container itself is great, so you should never, so don't, don't sit there and go, oh, if it's got a number in front of it, I shouldn't use it. No, it's just a container. And if you make the content inside of it really valuable, that's what the reader is judging. They're not judging the fact that there's a number at the front of your headline. I think half of this session is training everyone to think just because BuzzFeed did it doesn't mean I can't do it. Yeah. Right. And we're going to talk through some different strategies for that. But once you recognize that, hey, a lot of things you're sharing make perfect sense to just list out and it's okay to do that. Just give yourself permission to say three things. And once you start doing that, you go, wow, that's a, it's a new lens to view your writing through. Like how many things am I talking about here? Is it one? Is it three? Is it five? Mm-hmm. Right. And be very clear with how many it is. And we'll talk about clear versus clever a little bit later. Here and and by the way, we eat our own dog food here, right? Because this is a list. Five proven headline styles. Now, if we deliver on that promise, do you care? No, you're like, great. Hey, I walked away. I learned the five proven headline styles. This was super helpful. Thanks for putting me, thanks for giving me that container. Cause now it's really easy for me to think about it and for me to remember it, right? It's not. The, the format, it's not the container that's the problem. It's the content you put inside of it. And if the content you put inside of it is valuable, the reader goes, thank you. I love this. I want to share this with five people. I want to bookmark it. They love the experience, right? But if you 
put a number at the front and you make it a list and then you don't deliver on the promise, it's not that the container is broken, it's that the content's broken. You didn't put anything valuable inside of it, okay? So here's a couple just examples. Here are some things that you can list out, okay? So you can list. Here's the reasons this happened. Here's mistakes I made. Here's tips that you can use. Here's some tricks you can apply to achieve X, Y, Z, techniques, strategies, embarrassing moments, cooking recipes, podcast episodes, YouTube videos. You can list out anything, anything that has to do with one specific topic. You can just use the container to go, we're going to fly through a bunch of information. And I found when I first started writing on the internet, this is the easiest format to start with, to train your brain, to, to walk the reader linearly from point A to point B to point C to point D, right? When you're first starting out, you're kind of like, oh, I've got all this room. I don't know what to do with all of this. But a list all of a sudden gives you structure. You know exactly where you're going because you go, I'm listing out five things. I got to talk about the five things, right? So in the very beginning, I really encourage everyone to use this as a way of practicing. It's a, it's a way of practicing linearly walking readers through a series of ideas. And we have a template inside TypeShare. The grocery list template is amazing, okay? You can apply it to anything. You can apply it in stories. You can apply it in how-to articles. All you're doing is just giving the reader small containers that they can follow to go, this section's about one thing. This section's about the next thing and so on and so on. It, it trains you to take the reader and it also trains you as a writer to think relatively linearly, right? It's, hey, I maybe I don't know what to write about, but I know I can come up with three tips to do X, Y, and Z, right? It, it lowers the friction to coming up with an idea once you realize how many things you could actually list, right? Three things I did today, three strategies for X, Y, and Z. And so I think this slide in itself does a lot of good for anyone who is struggling to come up, up with ideas because just start with 30 days of lists. That's kind of what I'm doing this cohort. I'm writing 33 tweet Twitter threads and every tweet has to be a list of three things. And I, I wish I could show you my, my journal here with all these ideas because I gave myself that constraint of three things in a list and everything that's all you need to write. Right. That's all I need. I look at everything I do now and I'm like, how is that three things? How is that three? Right. And this little, this little constraint I give it myself has unlocked so much creativity. And so don't think, don't view the list as limiting, view it as free. Because once you start to think about things in a list, everything becomes an opportunity to write. If anyone's read um, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. That's a list. That's a listicle. It's a long, deep listicle. It's a 300 page listicle. Okay. And you don't sit there and go, that's not valuable because there's 12 of them. Right. You sit there and go, this is legendary. It doesn't even cross your mind that it's in a list. Right. So a list is just a container. And as long as you fill the container with good stuff, People are going to love it, okay? Here's the next one, the story, all right? The key, the stories get executed in a zillion different ways. But the thing that I want to point out here is that sometimes people think of stories as you have, we're going to talk about this, as you have to be clever, right? You got to like kind of trick the reader into getting their attention. And what I, if you really like writing stories, I encourage you to take the frameworks that we talk about from like a how-to perspective and apply them to stories. So one of the most viral stories I've ever written on the internet, again, something I wrote in 15 minutes and had no idea, is this story, what I learned being betrayed by my six closest friends growing up, okay? Now, that's a story. If you read it, there's nothing how-to about the article, right? But the headline is very clear. It tells you this is, this, this is what the story is about. This is where we're going to go, but it's still written as a story, right? So all of these story headlines, what they're doing is they're signaling some sort of transformation, some sort of before and after, right? So this 37-year-old launched a social media company with 400,000 users while keeping his day job, 
right? You can imagine the, I want to know what happens, right? I want to know how did that start? How is it going? And where's it headed? Is it done? Is it succeeding? What's going on, right? Amazon moves to force FTC antitrust decision on MGM deal, right? It's a fact, but it's also a story. And the story is there was life before this thing. And now there's life after this thing, right? Stories are before and afters, right? The night she laid on top of my husband, <laughs> there's life before that <laughs> and there's life after that, right? So whenever you're thinking of a story headline, the key is to think, where are we starting and where are we going? And you need to hint to the reader those two pieces. There needs to be a before and after. Okay, and the clearer you can be about that before and after, the more compelling your story becomes. If you don't give the reader that, right, and you just title it Candles in the Wind, the reader goes, what are we talking about, right? And if the reader is ever confused, this is what we, we say this over and over again, like a law. If the reader is ever confused, the reader's gone. Okay. If you lose the reader, if the reader ever has to sit there and go, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, there's a zillion other cat videos that their brain would rather be watching on the internet. Okay. So if confused, you're gone. And keep in mind who your competition is when you're writing now. It's no longer all the other writers, it's TikTok and Netflix. And so the second you write a headline that doesn't tell your reader exactly what they're going to get. They're going to keep scrolling or they're going to go somewhere else. And we'll talk about that with our first framework, uh, clear and clever. But this to me, the telling compelling stories, it's all about understanding what the transformation is and then framing it in a way that piques the reader's interest. So I like what you said here, Cole, of if you started with $0 and achieved X, there, there's your beginning and end, right? You want to explain in your headline where you started and where you ended or where the reader can expect to start and end when they read that story. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, and we see this all the time executed in very different ways. It's, I started with nothing. I learned a skill. 10 years later, I bought a yacht and sailed off into the sunset, right? Transformation. Okay. Or it's, I landed my dream job. It wasn't what I thought it was. Here's what I learned. Transformation, right? I set this goal. I went on the journey. Here are all the mistakes I made. Transformation, right? So a lot of times writers think of stories as like a moment, right? It's like, I'm going to tell a story where it's just, here's what happened. Stories are not, here's what happened. Stories are, here's where we were here's what happened and here's where we ended up, right? You have to have the progression. Otherwise it's just, what are we, what are we doing here? You're just telling me what happened. I don't want to know what happened. I want to know where I started and where I ended. Okay. So again, we have some templates inside TypeShare you can use to play with this. Boom. Okay. Number three, arguably the most popular content type on the internet the opinion, right? Everyone's got an opinion. Anything can be an opinion. No one's stopping you from sharing your opinion, okay? But the thing that's important to notice here is there's two different types of opinions. One is an I statement. So notice I've dealt with foreign cyber attacks. America isn't ready for what's coming. Why do you read that? Because the author says, I know what I'm talking about on this subject, right? So the author goes, I have credibility. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what you need to know. That's one opinion. And the other is a curated opinion. According to seven millionaires, there's only one way to invest, right? So you're not the expert. You're curating the expert. Both are opinions, okay? And so where people go wrong, and we're going to walk through some examples of this, where people go wrong is they make the headline something like, I think everyone should invest in Bitcoin. Well, who are you? Where's your opinion coming from? Right? They just say, I think this. But the question the reader has is, 
that's great that you think that, but why should I listen to you? Right? So the headline gets a hundred times more powerful when the person goes, I've made $10 million trading cryptocurrencies. Here's why I think everyone should own Bitcoin. Right? Then you go, oh, I understand where this is coming from. I understand the opinion, right? Or the curated one. I went out and talked to 10 millionaire crypto traders. Here's why they all said you should own Bitcoin, right? So the key with an opinion is it's not enough to just have an opinion. The, the magic pairing is the credibility with the opinion. That's what makes the reader go, now I want to listen to you. And that's spot on. Once you recognize that you can have all the opinions in the world, and if you qualify them, you can share them all. And more than likely, people are going to read a ton of them. But if you just say, I think X, someone's going to come across that and say, I don't care why you think X. What have you, why? And mm -hmm. boom, the second they even have to make that split second decision, they're gone. Right? Like, look at this one. I've dealt with foreign cyber attacks. America isn't ready for what's coming. If it just said America isn't ready for what's coming. Yeah, done. You're, you're gone. Like, yeah, sure, whatever, guy. But I, I've dealt with foreign cyber attacks. America doesn't know what's coming. Ooh, you probably know what you're talking about. The mm -hmm. subtle difference of what you're going to click on and what you're not going to click on is that very first sentence of credibility. So don't underestimate it. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, you know, Car Carlos, this question in the chat of, do I have to start every headline with the same credibility point? We talk about this all the time. If you find a credibility point that works, err on the side of, I'm going to keep using it. Don't err on the side of, I used it once and so I'm never going to use it again. Like, obviously find your balance, right? But when you find something that works, like Tony Robbins doesn't say, I've coached 10 million people one time. He says it every day on every post, in every video, over and over again for 20 years straight, right? It's like, this is why you should listen to me. Now, here's, here's what I'm trying to communicate to you. I mean, Cole, how many posts have you started with in... When I was a teenager, I was a professional World of Warcraft player. And like, 90, 99% of them have nothing to do with video games. But yes. you establish credibility that way. With almost whenever I share something very opinionated about writing, I always start with college completely failed to teach me how to write every single time because that's my place of credibility here, you know? And so don't think that I, I think your point, it just deserves being double clicked on is you're, Credibility can serve for a hundred different types of stories, especially when you find one that works. Yeah. When you find something that works, double down on it. Great double question down. on headline length. We're going to cover that in the, at the end with the pushbacks. Yeah. So opinion, um, we, again, there's great templates inside type you can play with for this. Something that makes a good opinion, right? Is it's not just the credibility and the, here's what I have to say. It's you, what takes it to that next level is going against the grain in some way, right? Because everyone has an opinion. That doesn't mean that you care, you know, what your neighbor thinks about what's happening on the news, right? The thing, the things that make great opinions are most people think this, I don't, or I think the opposite, right? Or everyone says X is true. I say the opposite or conventional wisdom is this. Here's why that's wrong, right? Opinions that stand out always are counterintuitive in some way. They go against the grain. They say the thing that everyone's not saying. But if you wake up and every single website is like reinforcing the same opinion and you go and just say that same opinion, right? There's nothing different about what you're saying. You're just saying the same thing as everybody else. So your job, if you want to share an opinion, is to figure out what's the thing that hasn't been said yet? Right. What's the how do I go against the grain in some way? And don't hedge when you write an opinionated headline. Don't say I think or maybe or potentially, because even if you're not 100 percent sure, the second you give the reader any kind of hint that you're not 100 percent sure, they're not even going to read it. No one people want to read things that take a stand. 
right? So be opinionated and share something. Say, come right out and say it. This is X or everyone should X, not most, but, or no one should X, right? Be very clearly opinionated and make the reader go, I wonder why they're so opinionated. I want to read this, Mm -hmm. right? Not, I think maybe some people should do this. Back to TikTok, right? Yeah. And to be to be clear, what we're not saying, be offensive, right? We're not saying just be outlandish for the sake of being outlandish. Just take the counterpoint. You believe it, right? You have to actually think that. But but say the thing. It's like when I say, don't start a blog. I'm not being offensive. All I'm doing is taking the counterpoint. I'm saying everyone says you should start a blog. Don't start a blog, right? That's all it is, okay? So just you want to think in the opposite. And and it has to align with you, right? You have to actually believe the thing that you're writing about. But that's the thinking, okay? Fourth, the question, okay? So this is a really interesting technique. Sometimes it works, you know? I mean, you got to find the, the right question for you. My personal preference is pairing a question with teasing an answer. So this first uh, headline, why does Roblox pay 1.2 million to a single developer? That's interesting, kind of signals out a story, you know, but I think the magic combo is that next one, what is Web3 explained simply to a 12-year-old, okay? So you want to kind of pair it with, here's the question, and I'm going to signal to you where I'm going to take this answer. That's, that's what helps the reader understand, okay, what are we doing here? So anytime you see a question in a headline, you should recognize, oh, they're using the question format, right? And the question format is basically the writer going, reader, do you have this question, right? Are you interested in this question? Okay, and that's, that's all this is. So you want to put yourself in the mind of your reader and go, what questions is the reader asking themselves? And then make that question your headline. Right. Because if you have a question and you see that question outside of you, you go, I want to read that. That's all it is. You're just kind of aligning those two things. Yeah. And I want to preface that every headline we have here can be improved. And we're going to walk through the checklist for improving it. But these are just to frame, hey, and what I what I love that you've done, Cole, when you put these examples together is some of these are from Medium. Some of these are from the New York Times, The Economist, right? It's not just the online writing world that uses headlines. It's everything. It's your newspaper. It's emails, everything. Videos. It's, it's a Slack message. Every single thing has a one sentence, one or two sentence way of capturing your attention. And this is just the example we're using right now. And so don't yep. think, oh, this is only for Medium or whatever. Anything you write, has a headline in some way, whether that is the first sentence of a Twitter thread or the headline of an atomic essay or the subject line of an email, you're just learning how to clearly tell the reader, this is what you're going to get. Or if you're curious about this, keep reading. Yep. That's all it is. Okay. So the most compelling questions are, you know, what's the question? What's the answer to this? Here you go. Serving it up to you on a silver platter. Right. Or how did this happen? Here's how. Want to learn? Read this. Right. It's almost like a call and response. Here's the question signaling the answer. You're interested in this? I'm going to give it to you. Okay. So this this is another very easy format to execute, especially when you're first starting out. We have other great templates and types here you can play with for this. But the key with question is just think about the put yourself in the reader's headspace. Right. If you're writing for middle market SaaS managers, what questions do middle market SaaS managers have? That's your headline. And then finally, the framework, okay? So the framework is really the classic how-to. Advanced frameworks are you give it a name, okay? So, and, and it, can, it can be, this is a, um, a spectrum, Okay, you can you can do this in a simple way. You can do this in a very advanced way. But here, the first one, the simple writing formula I'm using to get an additional hundred thousand email subscribers per week. Now, the simple version of this headline is how how to get an additional hundred thousand email subscribers. 
right? And you're like, cool, okay, I want to learn how to do that. I'll read it. But it feels more packaged when the writer goes, this is the formula for doing that, right? I'm giving, it feels like they're giving you an Apple product where you suction off the top and it goes, right? That's, that's what it feels like. So when you can wrap something in a framework, it makes the reader feel like you're giving them something because now they can hold on to it and they can turn to their friend and I can go, Dickie, I just learned this amazing formula. Where did I get that language? The writer gave it to me because the writer told me this is a simple formula, right? So the, and then the, the most, you know, iconic example of this on Twitter was Naval's how to get rich without getting lucky, right? It's a framework. You know, he could have easily said, this is the how to get rich without getting lucky framework. And I guarantee a zillion writers would have been like, this is the how to get rich without getting lucky framework, right? Because he called it that, right? So the framework is just, again, it's a container. And all you're doing is saying, here's how to do something. I'm going to wrap it in a box and I'm going to call it a formula. I'm going to call it a framework. That's it. And you're clearly communicating a, an outcome right? That I think is the framework. The framework should clearly state the outcome, how to get rich, how to build a daily writing habit, right? Uh, how to get one terabyte iCloud, iCloud storage for free. That's an outcome, right? And if the reader wants that outcome, they're going to read. It. So, all right, let's keep it rolling. Yeah. So same thing. Frameworks are how to do X, how to unlock a big reward, how to solve a big problem. That's, the, that's really all it is, right? And, and so just think about for whoever you're writing about, what do they want to learn? What big reward do they want to unlock? Or what big problem do they want to solve in their life? That's all you got to do, okay? So real quick, before we get into some rewrites here, we, we got, we'll pick up the pace a little bit. Which of these five do you find yourself gravitating to? Not necessarily what you've done in the past, but which one did you have a light bulb moment and go, I want to play more with this? List, list, story, story, framework, list, story. It's good to see a bunch of different ones, right? Yeah. That's how we know we've covered just about everything. Framework, framework, list, opinion, opinion, list. And maybe just seeing these five kind of in a nice list, like we talk about, <laughs> might have unlocked, hey, I never thought I could ask a question as a headline, right? I never thought I could share an opinion. All I had to do was preface why my opinion mattered. But all right, we got to keep moving here. So all right. good stuff, dropping that in. Okay, so this is going to become your checklist. Your checklist is, as if I go through this, your headlines will be, 100x improved where they are today. Okay. So, real quick, first thing clear, not clever. Okay. This is like if you live by no other law, it's this. Readers have no idea what you mean when you call your essay nothingness, right? Or you call it trees in the wood, or you call it right forever, right? The reader doesn't know. And in order for the reader to know, to make the decision, I want to give my time for this, right? I want to invest a portion of my life into your writing. You got to tell them what they're getting, right? No one goes to a restaurant and goes, here's five bucks. Give me whatever you got in the back. No one does that, right? You walk up to a restaurant and you go, I'm going to give you $5 and you're going to give me a cheeseburger. Okay. That's how it works. So people do the same thing with writing. Before I give you five minutes of my life, what is the trade? What do I get in return? So the biggest thing that you need to think about with your headlines is how do I make this very clear to the reader? All right. And we're going to show you how to do that by going through the, who is this for? What is this about? And why does this matter? Yeah. The uh, thing that's going to jump to mind immediately is I'm, I'm, I'm being clever and that's going to make the reader curious. Mm -hmm. And the reframe is it's not going to make them curious. It's going to confuse them. And back to our very first point, a confused reader is back to TikTok, back to TikTok, back to Netflix. So the belief to break is your attempts to be clever are leading not to curiosity, but to confusion. Yes. And a confused reader is gone. 
Yeah. If your feeling is you've been writing headlines all wrong, you should be ecstatic. You should celebrate that. Okay. Because today is the day mm -hmm. that there is a before and after. Okay. So here's how to solve for the clear, not clever. These are the three things. We talk about this in the for who, so that. Okay. Who is this for? What is this about? And why should they read it? Okay. So the for who, so that kind of solves the the first two, right? Who is this for? What's it about? You know, like, why does it matter? The why we're going to talk about is how to twist the knife. Okay. Here's how to really get into the, this is why you should give me five minutes of your life. Okay. So here's how here, we're going to do some, just show you some before and afters here with the rewrites. Clever is someone going how to lose time and money. Now, why is that clever? Because we don't know who it's for. We kind of know what it's about, but the what is very broad, time and money, super broad, right? And why does it matter? Well, if I lose time and money, it doesn't really sound like something I want to lose. Why would I read that, right? And so the writer thinks I'm being clever, right? I'm, I'm creating this mystique. Oh, the, the reader is going to be so impressed with me. And instead, the reader goes, I got no idea what you're talking about, Willis, and they're gone, Right. So a rewrite here is how to lose time and money, a 30-day self-care calendar to reclaim your hobbies. Now that makes sense, right? Now I know what I'm getting, okay? So the whole key here, the, the question in the chat of like, how do you be clear but also create a curiosity gap? It's like, don't overthink it. You just got to tell the reader, if you give me $5, I'm going to give you a cheeseburger. That's it, right? You have to explain what's the trade. So same thing here, the power of knowing the odds. Well, what is the power of knowing the odds? And who is this for? And why does it matter? Hey, the power of knowing the odds. Four keys to buying your first stock. Oh, we're talking about buying stocks, odds. Oh, okay, now I get it, right? Otherwise, if you didn't have this, I don't know if you're talking about stocks or gambling or you know, motocross and my likelihood to die. I don't know what you're talking about, right? So you have to you have to connect the two, all right? I think I saw one thing in the chat that you, you might feel, hey, I, I do feel pulled to these kind of clever headlines. But what's more than likely going to happen is you click on a clever headline and it is so irrelevant to what you're expecting or could be interested in that you're like, damn, this wasted my time. Versus the clear headline you immediately know it's not for you and you keep going. And that's the thing you're trying to do with your headlines is force the reader to make a choice. Because if you clearly describe what it is you're writing about, most readers aren't going to read it. And that's actually the point. The ones who do click know what they're getting into, know what it's going to do for them and are going to get to the bottom and say, thank you. Versus I clicked on how to lose time and money. You told me something about a topic I had no clue about, didn't care about, and you wasted five minutes of my time. Now I'm never going to read your stuff again. Right. Yeah. So a clear headline is a service to the reader. Yeah. So that's big idea. Now there's three levers you can push and pull here to refine this. So you got to specify the who, right? You don't always have to, but this is, this is a very easy place to start. If you don't know who you're writing for, name the audience in the headline. Four writers, four project managers, four single moms, right? Four education teachers, right? Four whoever. You want to name the audience, okay? So the reason why this is so helpful isn't just for them. It's also for you. In the beginning, it's like, it's like a rooting for your mind to go, okay, I know who this is for. I'm going to cater this to this type of person. Okay. So if you have an unclear who things men secretly do, right? Well, yeah, that's a pretty broad who there's a lot of men in the world, right? So how do we, how do we specify that? Well, this changes if we say things confident men secretly do versus things insecure men secretly do two very different types of readers read that piece right? So the more specific you can get on the who, the more you change who it's for, right? How to get hired at Coinbase, how to get hired as a 
project manager at Coinbase, right? Because if you just say, here's how to get hired, that's going to be really broad. If you say, here's how to get hired for one specific role, then all of a sudden you have clarity. So the key with the who is you want to keep specifying to, to the point where you understand, I know who my reader is. And if you understand who your reader is, then the reader is going to see themselves in your piece. It's all about cutting readers out. Your who should cut readers out, right? Things insecure men secretly do, a confident man, man shouldn't read or yeah. whatever it is, you know? How to get hired at Coinbase, if you make that more clear with project managers, right? Anyone that's not a project manager is not going to read it, but every project manager who wants to work at Coinbase is going to read it and going to get value out of it. Yeah. Right? The next is the what. So the what is doing the exact same thing, but with the topic itself, right? Are we talking about investing money? Are we talking about saving money? Are we talking about stealing money? Right? The, the modifier drastically changes what we write about. Okay? So you want to be specific in terms of what exactly is this piece going to take, you know, what were we going to explain to the reader? Okay. And the more specific you can be, the higher quality it's going to be. Okay. So same thing. Here's some what rewrites. Four things you should feel zero shame for. Okay. Well, things is broad, right? That's a good place to start, but how do we get more specific? This is the question you should always be asking yourself. How do I get more specific? So notice the difference, not four things, but four nighttime habits which is very different than four morning habits, right? Which is very different than four nighttime habits for 50-year-old doctors, right? The more that you get specific and you push and pull these levers, the more you know what you're writing about and the more the reader you're trying to reach knows it's for them. That's, that's the magic combination you're going for. Same thing here, 12 questions for rigorous thinking. Who's this for, right? What's this really about? So 12 questions you can ask to stress test any of your beliefs. Okay, that's what this is really about. It's not just rigorous thinking, it's stress testing your beliefs, right? So you're, every time that you write something, you wanna stare at it and go, how do I make this more specific? More, more, more. And what most writers do is they do the opposite. They go less specific, less specific, less specific until all of a sudden your headline is just wilderness, right? <laughs> and you got a problem right? The reader doesn't know what you're talking about. Okay. The overarching thing here is get comfortable cutting readers out, get comfortable with the fact that you get more specific in your headline, meaning means fewer people are going to read it, but the few people who do read it, it's going to resonate with. Yeah. That's the uncomfortable shift to make is I'm okay that fewer people are going to read it. I'm not trying to write something for everyone. I'm writing something for a small group of people. Yeah. That's the goal. Number four, we're going to do the same thing with the why, right? Why does this matter? Okay. And I see some of the questions uh, in the chat. We're going to get just, we're going to get to them. Trust me. Specify the why. Okay. So same thing. Habits of financially smart people, five habits. We're going to change it to a list. Give it a container. All right. Oh no, it says five. Sorry. My window is blocking it. Five habits of financially smart people that unlock time, freedom, and 35 years of prosperity. Which one excites you more, right? It's the second one. It's the second one because the second one points to here's why it matters, right? You want to know if I take the time to read this, what do I get out of it? A job you hate can teach you so much. Okay, cool. But why working a job you hate as a young adult will teach you discipline and focus and set you up for success for the rest of your life? Now I understand why this matters, right? If you give me five, $5, this is what I'm going to give you in return. Okay. So the thing is, it's, it's important. Stop looking at length. Length has nothing to do with it. Okay. It's not about the length of the headline. It's about the clarity of the headline. Okay. And if you achieve that clarity in five words, great. If you achieve it in 15 words, great. If you achieve it in 25 words, great. The point is not, I used 13 words in a headline. The point is I achieve clarity about what this is about for me and for the reader. Let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. All right. So real quick, let's just have a brutally honest check-in sesh. Have you been writing clever headlines or clear headlines? Okay. And it's okay. 
right? I went through this, Dickie went through this, we all went through this. Clever headlines, it is, it is the worst thing that you can do because all you're doing is you're making it harder for readers to get introduced to your work. Clear, clever, neither, both. All right, Cole, what do we think? You want to do the rewrites and we'll save Twist the Knife for we'll do a follow-up on it. That way we can cover some of the questions at the end too. What do you think? Um, I think we can fly through it. Okay, cool. Okay, real quick. Twisting the Knife just means spelling out more the problems you're solving, the benefits that you're unlocking or the outcomes that you're leading to, okay? So it's the why piece more, 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 more. Okay. That's all it is. So when you twist the knife, right? 25 Google calendar tips to master your schedule. Cool. Mastering my schedule, not a bad outcome, but I want to twist the knife. 25 Google calendar tips to automate invites, templatize meeting notes and color code your schedule. More, 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 right? You want to keep telling the reader, here's what else you get. Here's what else you get. Here's what else you get, right? Eight unusual but life-changing habits most people ignore. Eight unusual but life-changing habits that lead to, here's all the things they lead to, weight loss, clean skin, deep sleep, and insanely productive meetings. Nobody's going to read that who doesn't want those and go, yeah, no, I, I don't want to read that. If you want those things, you're going to read that, right? Because the, the writer is speaking directly to your wants, needs, interests, hopes, dreams, and desires, Okay. How I make $250 per day in passive income, how I make $250 per day in passive income without leaving my house, changing out of my sweatpants, or even using the internet. As long as you deliver on that promise, I think everyone here would love to know how to make an extra $250 per day from my house without changing out of my sweatpants or even using the internet, right? It's not clickbait. They're just saying, this is what I'm going to give you. $5 cheeseburger. On yeah, all of these are just getting clear. You twist the knife and you get clear. So everyone should have grabbed a headline at the very beginning. What I want you to do is drop in the chat V1 next to V2. So use some of the frameworks that we talked about to rewrite your headline. So whether that's for who, so that, and uh, they're the the what, who, why, right? Rewrite your headline, drop it in the chat, but keep it in the same box if you can. So V1 and V2 are next to each other. That way we can compare them. If you got to do that in a separate text editor, do that as well. So drop those in the chat now. And while you do that, we're going to talk about three things that probably came to mind as we were going through this. Yeah. These are the questions we get asked over and over and over again. Okay. So real quick, is this clickbait? How to make $10,000 in the next two hours using just your two index fingers. Is it clickbait? No. Depends is the right depends. answer. It depends. Dickie, what does it depend on? Whether or not this article actually helps me make $10,000 in the next two hours. Because if it does, I'm going to bookmark it. I'm going to email it to all my friends. I'm going to share it with my mom. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to find a way to contact the author and get him to take it off the internet so I can be the only one getting to do this and go and tell everyone else about it. Yeah. Right. But if I open it and it says, you know, start writing, just write gotta try your goals hard. down, right? Just gotta try hard, be authentic. That's all. So clickbait is nothing to do with the headline. It's all about the content. There's no such thing as a clickbait headline. There's only clickbait content. Love that. Right. And once you recognize that it's, no longer, hey, this is a clickbait headline. It's they wrote a clickbait article, right? And if you are writing something life-changing, if you feel super strongly about what you're writing has the ability to change a reader's life, you should use every clickbait tactic, psychological trick and hack in the world. It's your moral obligation to use everything you can to get the reader to click on it. And once you make that subtle shift of, I don't have to think about clickbait as BuzzFeed. It's more a tool in my toolkit to deliver value to readers. You'll stop thinking of this clickbait mindset and be afraid to use it. Yeah. You are here to be in service of the reader. So you got to get their attention. 
And when you do get their attention, you got to deliver. That's what it's all about. You got to deliver. The best, the best compliment I've ever gotten paid on my writing ever was somebody on Quora sent me a DM that said, I had no idea you could pack so much depth into a listicle. That's the goal. You want to make your container really, really valuable. Okay. So it's only clickbait if you make a promise and don't deliver. That's the whole name of the game. Number two, saw this the entire session, right? But my headline will be too long. Dickie, how many words did you say was in this? This headline? So I guess the question is, is this too long? Right away when you look at it, you'd probably read it and say three quick frameworks beginner writers use to gen can use to generate ideas so they never stare at a blank page again and start going viral with ease. If you came into this session, you might say that's too long. But I have a pretty good hunch that everyone on this call would read this article. And this yeah. is a 27 word headline, 27 words. But all it does is explain very clearly what you're going to get, who it's for, and where you're going to be after you read it. And so as long as you're doing that, don't think about a, there's no such thing as a headline that's too long or too short. It's just clear or unclear. Yeah. And so if, if that takes 27 words, use it because it's going to leave a mark on the reader and say, I want to go read this. So don't think, oh, I got to have some kind of limit. What we see after every single uh, headline live session, everyone goes from writing dreams to a 40-word headline. You'll find the proper medium, but err on the side of writing something that feels a little bit uncomfortably long. Yeah. Right? Because when, when you start to write uncomfortably long headlines, you're checking every single box. And you're going to go to the other end of the spectrum first, and that's okay. But- Headlines do not have to be short, period. Yeah, your headline is a letter to the reader. And if the letter is all about the reader, they do not care how many words it is because it's about them, right? So, so ignore the length, ignore it, just forget about it. Focus on, is my headline achieving the goal that I want it to achieve? That's all that matters, okay? That is the only thing that matters. So there's no such thing as headlines that are too long, as long as they are clear and relevant. Okay, it goes back to what we said on the last session. If I send Dickie a book that's 900 pages about everything that I think about him, he's going to read every single word. And Tyler, legendary copywriters don't say the opposite. Legendary copywriters write headlines that are 50 words long. Let all the best copywriters use very long headlines. And the reason is because they understand what's going on in the reader's head. Their headline is a letter to the reader. Length is irrelevant. Okay. So again, don't focus on the length, focus on the clarity of thought. That is what matters. All right. And then finally, the, which after we get through this, the third thing is, but I shouldn't have to do this. Right. My favorite writers don't do this. Paul Graham doesn't do this. Seth Godin doesn't do this. So I shouldn't have to either. Dickie, what do you what do you think about this? This framework is you can apply it to far more things than just writing, but it's asking this question of because of or despite. And when you see someone have success doing something, it's easy to say, well, they didn't do it that way. So I shouldn't have to do it either. Right. Paul Graham doesn't write headlines like this. Paul Graham writes headlines like maker schedule, manager schedule. And then the question you need to ask is, does that, is that why he's successful? Or is it despite the fact that he doesn't use these tactics, he's still successful, right? And I'll argue it's the second one. Because if you've read this, you know it's a life-changing article, right? You know, holy crap, like I never thought about my schedule this way. But there's probably a lot of people out there who read this, have no clue what it would say to them and never end up reading it. Where if instead it's maker schedule, manager schedule, how creative CEOs can balance managing others while still building their product. Yes. That's the struggle it speaks to. But there's, he didn't use it this way. And so, you know, Seth Godin, another one who does this, it's because of or despite where if these readers or if these writers did use these tactics, they'd be even more successful. So despite not using them, they've had success. So imagine if you add this power level of clear headlines that clearly tell the reader what they're going to get, they'd have even more success. 
So don't think, hey, they didn't do that. So that means I don't have to think they had all that success without it. Imagine what I can do with it. And that's the subtle reframe. Yeah, just to drive home the point, you know, uh, I give Ryan Holiday a lot of credit because he he uses a lot of these rules. Like Ryan Holiday is a great example of doing the both. You know, it's like the kind of unclear headline, but he clarifies it. There's two pieces. Okay, Seth Godin doesn't do that. Does ever is everyone aware that Ryan Holiday outsells Seth Godin by a factor of ten? Right, like it's not even a contest. It's not even close. And so when you see a writer that does something like this, you don't, don't just blindly. Yeah. Seth Godin has sold like maybe a couple million books. Ryan Holiday has sold North of 10, 15 million books, wide margin, wide. And so when you see a writer that does something and you're like, well, they're succeeding just because they're succeeding, a doesn't mean it's right. And B doesn't mean that in the context of everybody else, they are being successful. Seth Godin would be 10 times more successful if he used a bunch of these techniques, but he doesn't because I'm just going to say it because Seth Godin thinks that he's more important than the reader, right? You are not more important than the reader. Okay. So don't look at this and go, I shouldn't have to, I'm special. The reader should just pay attention to me. No, you're not. And you're going to lose next to someone else who goes, I'm going to prioritize the reader above myself. Period. Full stop. Okay. So you just, we're, we're sharing these things, not as like, this is our opinion, the, just data, just data. Like it, it, this is a proven fact. So you have to consider, do I want to use the things that work or do I want to actively use the things that don't work? It's your choice, but we're just telling you what they are. Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, this just emphasizes. So golden nugget recap. Drop in the chat which framework resonated most with you today. And what Cole and I are going to do is go through some of these rewrites that you dropped in the chat. And we're going to look at a few of them and just show you before and afters, right? So uh, Fred, V1, work quick and dirty. As clever as it gets, right? Unclear. V2, three simple tips for for graphic designers on how to work faster, increase creativity, and deliver ahead of deadlines. Boom. Right? Same content a lot more people are going to read that second one. What else we have? If you haven't dropped yours in yet, go ahead and do it too. Moonshots, the million dollar mistake corporates make at the start versus I launched three moonshots by avoiding the million dollar mistake corporates make at the start, right? Adding a bit of credibility. That's great. What else? Most common ones, how to create your own omen versus how I stop looking for signs and start creating my own omens. And you can too. Better. Cool. You see any that stick out? Yeah. I'm just going through, I'm looking at some questions too. V1 tips for first time startup founders who want to raise a pre-seed round of funding. V2 five tips. So let's clarify. Nice. For first time startup founders who are struggling to raise funding over zoom. Perfect. Right. Over zoom is the, we're not talking about, all fundraising, we're just talking about in this one scenario over Zoom. Those two words change everything. It's awesome. Great. Clear Not Clever seems to be the most popular one. And that's the one that I was most most guilty of. And I think we did one of these sessions. We went back and looked at my blog from my first couple months of writing online and how clever my headlines were. And everyone makes these mistakes. And it's a zero to one moment. Once you realize give yourself permission to stop being clever and that it's not doing anything for you. It's a, it's, you never go back. Right. What else? Basic instinct V1 V2 are humans naturally evil. Probably yes. And here's why backed up by scientific evidence, the home run. You just went from like a whiff on a bunt to a home run, right? It has everything. It's a question. It's a result. It's telling the reader what they're going to get. And I'm not even claiming this. Science is claiming this. Yeah. Awesome. Three tips to protect your Google searches from confirmation bias. Three ways I do better searches on Google. So that you're just adding a little bit of personal credibility. That works a little bit. Where do you stop with specificity, i.e. too specific? 
my framework for this is get to where you feel uncomfortably specific and then go one more, right? That's when you know you're being specific enough. So once it's like, ah, no way, no way anyone's going to read this, add one more and then you're there, right? Yeah. Because it's the natural human inclination to think, ah, no one's going to read this. No way. There's, I'm being too specific. Add one more after that. And then what's going to happen is that's going to resonate with so many people. It's going to blow your mind and you'll never go back to being vague again. Yeah. V1, ode to Tim. V2, what I learned from a college sophomore traveling abroad with zero money. Perfect. Right? I would read that second one. I would immediately skip that first one. Ode to Tim, I have no clue. Who's Tim? Zero clue, right? I don't know who's, Tim. Do you, do you know Tim, Tim? Dickey? No. Who's Tim? We don't know who Tim is. Right? Here, one more, and then we're going to do some breakout rooms where you get to claim your badge and rewrite your headline. 500, 500 days of summer. Here, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. 500 days of summer versus what 500 days of summer taught, taught me about accepting loss and starting fresh. It's great. Now, how do we get that even more specific, right? Accepting loss and starting fresh, still kind of big and broad, right? It, how, can we go a V3? What 500 days of summer taught me about accepting loss of friendship, right? How, how do we add even more specificity? That's always the knob that you're twisting and turning. All right. We could do this all day. We have a lot of resources for you to do these. We have a deep dive that walks through 20 rewrites that you can see these exact frameworks we're talking about in action. So make sure you read that. Make sure you claim your badge. But for now, we're going to do some breakout rooms where you're going to get to rewrite your headline with your fellow shippers.